My father-in-law bought the farm in 1940, and we bought it in the early 70s from Janet's parents. And we were dairy farmers for 40-some-odd years. You're listening to Happy Vermont, a podcast about people and places in the Green Mountain State. I'm your host, Erica Housekeeper. Russell Farm in Starksboro has been in the Christmas tree business for 40 years. Located off Route 116 in Addison County, the family-owned former dairy farm is where locals and visitors flock to every November and December to purchase Christmas trees. And this isn't just any old roadside cut-your-own-tree operation. At Russell Tree Farm, you can take a horse-drawn wagon ride up a hill into a field of Christmas trees. And from there, you can walk around the property and choose from hundreds of trees. And after you cut your tree, you can walk over to this cozy little cabin they have to sit by a fire and warm up, sip on hot cocoa, and snack on homemade cookies. Dave and Janet Russell bought the farm from Janet's parents in the 1970s. The farm was a dairy farm for many years until the couple sold their cows nearly a decade ago. Now they focus mostly on Christmas trees, selling about a thousand trees every holiday season. Dave and Janet's grandson, Brandon, works on the farm as well running Russell Farms' maple sugaring business, and helping his grandparents with the Christmas tree operation. I met with Dave and Brandon at the farm just before Thanksgiving to talk to them both about Christmas trees, maple syrup, and the future of the farm. Here's Dave Russell to start us off. We started planting trees in the 70s, early 70s. Sold my first tree around 1980, I suspect. Very embarrassing tree, and I look back at it. (laughs) (laughs) I was... Young, foolish, and didn't know any better. <laughs> what was embarrassing about it? I hadn't improved it at all. It was just a scotch pine tree that had grown up. Yeah. You know, you could see right through it. And, but anyway. A little bit of a Charlie was, Brown tree. I was naive, so I, it didn't bother me so much then. But. Why did you decide to get out of the dairy business? I was just getting tired after 40 years. And we went through a year of very depressing prices. So I didn't want to do that again. We lost $150,000 in one year, so that got old pretty quick. Tell me why Christmas trees? Like, what is it? Why did you decide to transition mostly full-time into that area? Well, I guess I wanted an excuse to have horses, for one thing. (laughs) Uh And my dad had horses. I grew up with horses. And I had this vision of taking people with the horses to get a Christmas tree. Uh So we started planting, and with this in mind, and in the 70s sometimes, we bought our first pair of colts out of Canada. They were six months old. That was kind of my vision is to, I can have horses, I'd use the horses for the trees. And so it was kind of a all-in-one package in my, in my head. In your head. You know. And are these draft horses? What kind of horses? Okay. They're Percherons, which is one of the draft breeds like Belgium, Belgium horses. And I read in a story somewhere that one of the tallest trees you ever sold here was to Shelburne Museum, a 25-foot yeah. Tree. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. We kind of put off selling those real tall ones the last couple of years just because kind of have another vision that I want to do with those trees. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a Christmas tree maze. Ooh. We've got some, you know, 40 foot trees and you get inside and it's kind of dark. So, I want to go ahead and trim all the limbs off the bottom. And just make a little maze in there. Be kind of something cool, something different. I love that. Mm -hmm. When do you think you'll do that? 
Whenever I get a little time. A little time. Yeah. yeah. So if you and your family are free, you know, want some extra exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd yeah. love to have some help. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure. So typically, how tall are the trees up on the hill that you sell? or And also across the street where you have them? Six to eight feet. Okay. Yep, is is about average. And yeah. it's, it's kind of funny because a six-foot tree, you think uh, a lot of people have in mind what a six-foot tree is, and they kind of stand up next to it, and they're like, that's a six foot tree and it seems shorter than it, you know, than what they had in mind. So, right. you know, a lot of people would will tell them there's a six to eight foot trees out there and they're like, wow, that's not really what we were expecting. But right. for the most part, everyone's, yeah. you know, is always able to find what they want. Yeah. And are, do people mostly want the same thing or does it depend on the person? Like, do most people want like the full classic tree or do some people kind of like the, maybe the quirkier trees or? People will amaze you what they will bring out for a tree. Yeah. Ones oh. you would never cut for somebody else. Right. Really? But praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like how so? Well, they'll they'll pick one that would be embarrassing to go and pick it out and bring it to them and here's your tree. You'd feel embarrassed doing that, but they'll do it and they're happy with it. Isn't that so right? That's that's the yeah. beauty of cutting your own tree. Mm-hmm. They will cut trees that, that we probably wouldn't. We had a lady came here one time and got like a fifteen or twenty foot pine which is our natural woods. She was by herself because her husband was home sick. So she's going to bring his 20-foot tree home to the sick man, you know. <laughs> it's People are, people are yeah. very interested. Right, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, never cease to amaze you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, there are a lot of places you can either go and, and purchase a tree that's already been cut or places you can go and cut your own tree. But you guys have figured out this kind of whole magical experience, like the horses and the wagon ride up the hill and cutting down your tree and then going in for hot chocolate in the cabin and having cookies. Like it's this whole, it's like this event and like it's a thing on our calendar that my family puts on our calendar every year to do. Did you envision it being this for a long time, this kind of this whole experience piece? Well, I feel like we're losing a lot of tradition. And this to me, I still remember cutting a tree with my dad so I, I think it's important that we have for our family's traditions. Like you said, your kids look forward to it. They remember it. That's one of the reasons why I do it. It's a lot easier just to sell trees, but this year gives me an excuse to have horses. And it provides the family. And last year, especially with COVID, gentlemen would come up and shake my hand and thank me for doing it. They appreciated, people appreciated just getting out for one thing. But I think they appreciated that experience for their family. And so that's very gratifying just to know you're doing something that really is very meaningful to families. So that's, yeah. it's more than just a business. Yeah. And that probably, is that why you keep doing it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I keep doing it, but I'm, yeah, I'm getting along. So it's going to be up to Brandon what he does with it. But it may not be the best business model, but it's really gotten bigger and bigger. And, you know, basically what we're looking for is, is how can we keep keep the farm mm-hmm. you know the cows are gone they're not supporting the farm so we got to figure out what can we do that's financially viable to pay the bills and at the same time being able to provide for a lot of people just this experience because people have said why don't you charge more like you could make a killing off of this and it's like fair enough but like we want everyone to be able to experience we need obviously need to be able to pay the bills and and stuff and and make a living but at the same time we also want to make sure that everyone is able to come and experience it and so it's it's really just not just about the money it's about the traditions and it's about the 
opportunities and just people being able to come somewhere that they've never been before and experience what we get to experience on a daily basis. And, and we're so thankful for is just mm. being able to share that. Yeah. And it seems like it's a real word of mouth experience. I learned from it from someone I worked with. Yeah. You said, oh, you have a three-year-old, you have to do this. And then I told another family <laughs> with young kids, you know, and it seems like once you do it, it's this perfect. Yeah, that, a lot of it's that. And it's amazing how many they'll see us find us on the internet too. Yeah, But mm-hmm. they, sure. they get the experience there by the pictures. Mm-hmm. So they that draws them in. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so obviously this is a family affair here. So tell me more about your role, Brandon. Yeah, well, I <laughs> I graduated high school and about the time I graduated high school was the time that the cows actually moved off of the farm. I took a gap year and did some farm work out in Europe for about nine months. And then I came home and started college at Vermont Tech and then did the two plus two program and went to UVM for my last two years. And then after that, I've been home since then and which I graduated in 2020, so last year. So <laughs> I've been back, you know, working here for the most part full time. And then I bought the sugaring business last year as well. And so that's kind of been my deal. And currently we're working on a transition process from grandma, grandpa to me. But I just feel like the Lord's put it in my heart that this is kind of like the place that I want to raise my family. This is the place I want to spend the rest of my life. This is definitely what I feel like I was created to do. So I I feel really blessed with the opportunity and all the hard work that grandma, grandpa, and my great grandparents have put into this place. And so it's just like, when I look at this opportunity, I think, who else has the opportunity to do something like this? You know, it's like, it's just so special and very, uh, just a huge blessing to me. And so it's, I just know it's what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's great. The maple operation here, how much do you produce? Yeah, so we've got about 5,100 taps. So we do about 2,800 on our own land and then about 2,300 on the town land. And so on an average year, you'll get about 2,500 gallons of syrup. So. And town land, is that town forest land? What yeah. Is that? Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And do you sell it right here? Do you sell it all over maple syrup? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now we've just been selling it out of the yeah. out of the dooryard. Yeah. At some point I hope to get online, but it's a matter of being able to sit down at a computer for long enough. It's like updating the website and taking care of appointments and then, you know, doing work outside and it's a lot and honestly, it's it's hard for me to stay focused when I'm inside doing the work on the computer which I do enjoy, but I'd much rather be outside. Yeah. It's a catch-22, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I saw when when you arrived, you were bringing brush over. Is that for mm-hmm. wreaths that you're making? Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah. And that's a big endeavor because people come here during the holiday season for to get their trees, and then they also buy the wreaths, and they're always very beautiful. Who actually makes the wreaths? My sister and brother have been working at them. They, we've, we've got... 40 of them made, they'll make some today. So my sister is the main cog in that in that wheel, and she's got three helpers, and uh, I make the garland. So she's got a creative touch, and she decorates after she gets them made, and uh, so we kind of make as many as she has the energy to make. <laughs> we, we turned down a 30-wreath order just because she was – thinking it was too much. For yeah, me. yeah. We're going to milk that as long as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you wish that you 
knew when you sold the cows and decided to focus mostly on Christmas trees? Was there anything you wish you knew back then that you know now? Not really. That's good. I can't think of anything that well, we would have done differently. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, the the tree operation has been, I mean, maybe it's gotten a little bit bigger over the past couple of years since we sold the cows, but really, Grandpa was doing this full-time and doing the dairy operation mm -hmm. at the same time. So I it, tell people I, I was doing this after I got my work done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you doing the whole, and just to clarify, when you were running the dairy business with the Christmas trees, were you doing the whole wagon ride thing too? And the We've been doing that, I think, for 40 years. Somebody the, said it was our 40th year yeah, that's right, coming this yeah. year. So, yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. Well, we got our first Colts in the 70s, and they were the they were, they were the, the team for yeah. several years. And eventually we, you know, they went and we got more. And we have a team that comes in and helps us. So it's three teams for first two weekends. On the hill, when we come, we always stop at the little cabin up on the hill by the trees and have, we sit by the fire and we have hot cocoa and we have cookies and that building, is it a recent, a new building? Did you build it or has it been there for years? 1980. It's such 1990. a- 1990. 1990. Yeah, it's 30 years old now. So we dug the pond, cleared that land. There wasn't any Christmas trees there at the time. And the year that we cleared the land and dug the pond, the state had an offer of some big Christmas tree seedlings that were going to be too big the next year. We'd already planted 3,000 trees that year, so we were out of, out of gas on that. So I hired a forester, and he planted a 1,000 balsam right across the pond. And now we're cutting the third planting of those. So it's about a 10-year cycle. So every 10 years, pretty much you go through a cycle. So this is the third time we cut that land in that area there. So that was... It started about about uh, 2000. We started cutting there. Okay. And then 2010 was the second cutting, and 2020 is the third cutting. Okay. So wow. And growing Christmas trees, it's not an easy thing, right? I mean, it's a lot of nurturing and yep. maintenance. What you know, what? And you 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 plant trees, and then you wait ten years, right? Seven or eight. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. it's not a quick return, and you have your losses that don't survive, and then. You have to mow between the trees and you have to shear them. Once they're about chest high, we start shaping them. So that has to be done. It's a big project for us. But anyway, it's, uh, any job has its jobs. Sure, you know? of course. And there's a lot of outside factors as well that do have an influence from deer that will come and eat the trees to a drought. I think it was two years well, I guess it was last summer. Yeah, last summer we just had that, you know, it was really dry the whole summer. And that definitely did a number on some of the smaller trees that we had planted. And so we're still learning, you know, different things. And so that did happen. We were like, man, we should have been watering those trees. But at the same time, that's a lot of time to take to go out there with a truck. And a, it's just a lot of time that we're not used to having to spend on stuff so right when when we plant the trees we were thinking well this year we're gonna water them yeah that's <laughs> right and hay and time comes and mowing them and you know right brandon works part-time at a landscaper oh mm -hmm. nice so that oh, he isn't great. here full-time so yeah. yeah yeah that's it's, great it's a good intentions yeah yeah right. and once the holiday season's over when everyone's got their trees it's not like you can kick back and be like all right our work is done i can but he's just starting to sugar well right you so you ease right into sugaring season yep and then after sugaring season and say, you know, what, mid-spring, April? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so then what? 
Then, uh, then do you go back to the tr- Christmas trees? We start planting, planting Christmas planting trees. trees, yeah. Okay. And cutting stumps from the previous fall. Uh-huh. Yeah. And picking them up and then uh, planting trees around the 1st of May. And, you know, he's got to clean up. He's got to pull all his taps in the sugar woods. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe truck some syrup somewhere to sell some barrels of syrup. And so yeah. there's not, not too much downtime. But, no. But, you know, okay. it, you don't have much downtime either. No, I job, don't. So, I mean... <laughs> The thing, the thing that's interesting, I've talked to Brandon about it, is when I had the cows, they dictated my schedule. I had to get up in the morning. I had to work fairly late at night. You know, he doesn't have that. So mm-hmm. he needs to figure out how to manage that to get enough time in to be successful. Right. You know, and, yeah. and without that thing to regulate your schedule, it takes, you know, it's a challenge. I bet. Yeah. So, Definitely takes a lot, a lot more discipline. I'm still learning, so you know, yeah. it's, it's it's definitely a learning experience. And so, people, if you're working really hard, you can get burnout. And at least in farming, you're working really hard, and you could get burnout. But I personally get rejuvenated by the next thing that comes every season. So I get rejuvenated by the time sugaring season hits, and I'm like ready to go with that. And then by the time that ends, I'm kind of burnout from that. But now I've got Christmas trees and I get rejuvenated by that and then get burnt out with that and then rejuvenated by haying. And so, yeah, you know, it's just yeah. the cycle continues. Yeah, it's and nice. For me, it's just like I just kind of get like a you're able to keep going pretty hard because you consistently have that kind of like a just a, the next thing to come that kind of gets you excited. Right. And so. Brandon, did you see yourself working on a farm like when you were younger? <laughs> Was this kind of your long term plan or did it kind of. I don't really remember too much before we moved here when I was about five. And so I just, you know, grew up here and didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was little, I guess. But about the time I hit high school, I I knew this is probably something that I wanted to do. So tell me a little bit more about the future of the farm, maybe where you see things in five years. Maybe both of you could answer that. Personally, I I expect that if things continue the way you know we we're, we're trying a new method of deterring the deer and if that is successful and i i've seen positive effects from it then i think we're going to come to a point where we've got you know a good supply of trees you know more than we have now and so that we could advertise and so it could be a bigger supporter of the farm so that's that's what i'm looking forward to just uh when we uh, get a get a little better inventory, get more trees, and it's just a good feeling when you have ample extra trees, so people have a really good selection. Towards the third or fourth week, you know, it's not as many good trees. They still can have the best tree I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And what about you, Brandon? You know, I think definitely, you know, in terms of the tree farm, is definitely planting more trees. That's what I'm eager to do: is just plant as many trees as I can. Mostly just because I want to be able to accommodate more people, you know. We've got, you know, a lot of places that we could put Christmas trees, and so it'd be nice just to be able to be able to bring in more more people and just be able to, you know, serve people more. Dave, what do you love most about working on the farm? I think just we have a lot of people come by the farm. I enjoy people. So that's probably the biggest thing is just uh, interacting with people. We enjoy that and enjoy blessing people. So uh, we have so many really good friends. I know when I have been coming here for the last six or seven years, and it's a very 
joyful event when you come here. You know, the family's here and everyone's just embrace. I feel like I know all of you when I come because <laughs> it's just chatting and laughing and helping us get the tree on the top of the car. And mm. that's rare, I think. You don't find that in a lot. It doesn't feel transactional at all. It just feels like a, this, like I'm going to a friend's house and I'm getting a tree and yeah. taking it home. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way. And that's why they keep coming back. Yeah. Well, it's easy to do because people are in good it's Christmas time. Yeah. They're in good yeah. spirits. Yeah. So people are, you know, that way. So it's it's fun to be around them and, you know, 99.5% appreciate it, you know. Yeah. And the ones that don't, their daughters and their wife drag them along anyway. <laughs> so. How could you not be happy coming out to get a tree? Yeah, it's true, yeah. We had one guy that was a, kind of a grump and we had a lot of snow. We had the sleds and we rolled him off on a corner, not intentionally. Uh-huh. He got on and he started talking and he, he was, you know. Then he, he liked it. He, well, he, you know, he was, got him going, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. It's like, oh, this is a memorable experience, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Oh, that's great. <laughs> to learn more about Russell Farm, visit therussellfarm.com. Thanks for listening to Happy Vermont. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. For more information about places to visit in Vermont, visit my website, happyvermont.com. On my website, you'll also find Happy Vermont sweatshirts, winter hats, baseball caps, and t-shirts available for purchase. And if you have any questions about Vermont or story ideas, please email me at hello at happyvermont.com. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care and talk to you soon.